Hi everyone and welcome to the Daily Objective. Today, one of the very few times, I think the only time we go a bit away from our usual program, we start earlier and we will finish earlier because we don't want to conflict with Ocon's program. So the Objective is conference taking place in Austin these days. This is the time of the break. So we thought we would include, we the, would have the episode during the break. So. The theme of Ocon this year is the 30-year anniversary of the publication of Lerner Peikoff's Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand, or as we call it for like OPAR. And I would definitely recommend you to, whenever it becomes available, if you haven't had the virtual pass, go and watch Yaron Brooks' tribute to OPAR. It was very, very beautiful. And it put the bar so high that the point is not that Today, we're going to have a tribute to Opar, which is going to be that good. But because Opar is such an important book, and it's a book that has such a different impact on different people, we, we thought that we would have an episode on how we approached it, how we read it, what we understood, and maybe give some of our feedback and our experience on how someone who is a not a heavyweight in objectivism, as definitely myself, I'm not a heavyweight by any chance, uh, how a common person, so to speak, should approach it. So with me today, Jonathan. Jonathan, what's up? And uh, what's your, so how did you read OPAR? Do you go back to it, understood it? What's your first take? Well, it's great to see you, uh, Nikos, and great to be with all of our listeners from around the world and viewers from around the world. I mean, I, as you said, I mean, uh, Opar is a very important line or with friends where people will say, oh, I know what Ayn Rand thinks and I'll, I have a screen I'll share. I mean, <laughs> you've seen that, right? People say, and then they, of course they, they spell it Anne, right? <laughs> I know what Ayn Rand, she thinks this is that. We've all, we've all that experience. Or how about this one? You know, I know that Ayn Rand hates kids and the poor. Like, you know, people, <laughs> people here, I mean, they don't even, they don't know, they don't know anything. Uh, or how about this one? This is a little more generous, I suppose. People say, oh, objectivism, I, I've heard of that, just doing whatever you want. And when you think about it, I mean, for so long, there was no there was no written statement of objectivism until 1991, when we got this, as you said, this amazing book. You know, part of what I love about Nikos is that objectivism is really recent. It's such a new philosophy. It's a new development. And the fact that this such this important treatise was only finalized by Dr. Peikoff in 1991 is, you know, it's to me, it's exciting because I feel like we're part of something very new. We're, I feel like we're part of the, the tip of the sword, if you will, of, of change in the culture. And just to, to kind of underscore how important this is across all the objectivist corpus out there, if you will, or, you know, Miss Rand herself said that until or unless I write a comprehensive treatise on my philosophy, Dr. Peikoff's course is the only authorized presentation of the entire theoretical structure of objectivism, i.e. the only one that I know of, my own knowledge to be fully accurate. The most important and complicated things in terms of what is out there. Yeah, I mean, and, and Nikos, I, I appreciate what you say in terms of uh, um, Dr. Peikoff's efficiency when it comes to language. I remember in one of his podcasts, I believe talking about the writing of OPAR, and he made a comment, of course, I'm butchering it now, but it's something effective like, it starts as a paragraph and then turns into a sentence, and then it becomes a, in parentheses, and then it becomes a footnote, and then it becomes cut. You know, he talked about his process of really narrowing down and using, as they say, Rand's razor and cutting it down to most, 
Now, you know, you mentioned your first time reading Opar and, you know, for me, I'll just share, share my quick experience. For me, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't actually reading it. It was listening to exactly that, that 1976 course. And I, I know that Dr. Picos has said that, you know, Opar supersedes it or it comes by has it, but, you know, the 76 course is actually available online. I've often, I always find Dr. Peacock to be really a great speaker. I mean, he he's the kind of professor you would have really loved to have had. So I, you know, one way to even kind of begin a tiptoe on this is maybe listen to it, have it as a podcast, um, listen to it. He's such a tremendous, tremendously engaging speaker. Um, but then, as you said, go pick up the book itself. And, you know, if you think you know Ayn Rand, if you think you understand, oh, I, I get it. I mean, look at the the topics covered in the the um, table of contents, you know, reality, concept formation, objectivity, the good, man. I mean, this is, as you said, this is the big picture stuff, but this is not a philosophy. This is a, what do you say, a philosophy book for Eddie Willers? You know, this is a philosophy book that anyone can get through. It's probably not the great place to start, um, but when you're really interested in learning about Ayn Rand's uh, philosophy, this is the definitive guide. And here's the unique talent of Peikoff. Think about for think about his examples. Think about uh, this. Uh, so, for example, he talks about the idea of fundamentality. What it means to define things with your fundamentals. And when I tell you this, you have to define things in fundamentals. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. But notice the contrast that Peikoff makes. So he gives the well-known example of the of the psychotic person and his idea of encirclement. So he says, what is in common in Jesus Christ? What is in common in cigars? And what is common in sex? Now, the rational person will say nothing. The psychotic says, oh, it's encirclement because we, when you have sex, you encircle someone or Jesus has the, this thing. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, the, the cigar ban encircles the cigar. The yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and Jesus has this thing on his head. So he says, so this contrast with this example, you hear this example once, you never forget this example. Or think about the example that he gives later when he talks about the arbitrary. And he gives the example, and listen how he builds up to it. He says, for example, a man tells you that the soul survives the death of the body. You say, yeah, kind of weird, but I've heard it. Or that your fate will be determined by your birth on the cusp of Capricorn and Aquarius. Then you say, Oh yeah, that's a bit weirder. Or that you that there's a sixth sense which surpasses your five. Or that there's a convention of gremlins studying Hegel's logic on the planet Venus. And you hear this example once and you understand the arbitrary. And the and the fact that he puts it after, oh, I have a yeah, there is something, uh, there is a there is life after death or there is a sixth sense or your star your sign matters or there's a convention in venus so it's this kind of unique of of examples that you listen to them once and they stuck and this is yeah. people's great 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 talent or here's another here's another uh, oh quickly nikos i have to say he's so often very funny dr peakoff is funny in his presentations you know, his writing obviously is more formal, but oftentimes when he gives these exact examples, the audience is, is laughing out loud as, as the listeners as well. So he presents it in a really engaging, accessible manner. Um, even some of these very complex examples as you illustrated. Or what you mentioned funny, listen, I mean, this sentence, I've, 
Like any proper work of general philosophy, this book is written for is written not for academics but for human beings. Parenthesis, including any academics who qualify. So this surgical humor is throughout this book. And again, this is something that not many people can do. Actually, a very small minority can do. Talk about the, the deepest issues in philosophy with a language which addresses your mind and it says you can understand it. And you can see peak of being in this struggle. I want to be as precise, but at the same time, as simple so that you understand me. So, so, so if you invest your mind, you understand me. And I said what I want to disagree with you one, on one thing, or at least personally, I don't think that you can get this just by listening. Or if you do, you have to listen and have an open notebook or an open Word document. So now, next time I will approach this, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go not chapter by chapter, section by section, and not reading, reading and having a notebook and keeping notes with your own words, because that's the way to approach such a book. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes, Anikos, I'm glad you made the point too. I mean, people always compare and put objectivism in that same bucket, if you will, as libertarianism, I don't know, Rothbardianism and all that stuff. But, you know, Dr. Peikoff, Ms. Rand always stressed the fact that one of the things that separates it, 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 it is that it is an integrated philosophy. And, um, you know, it, and it's also useful. It's a philosophy, as Ms. Rand always says, for living on earth. So here's the one of the quotes from Opar, philosophy is a human need as real as the need of food, is a need of the mind without which man cannot obtain his food or anything else his life requires. So he's making that point where like, this is not just spouting off in ivory tower. This is something you need to live and succeed. To satisfy this need, one must rec recognize that philosophy is a system of ideas. And that system is Dr. Picos' emphasis. It is an integrated science. It's not a grab bag of isolated issues. And of course, that's what you always see from supposedly the you know, uh, uh, well, the libertarians, the ones that are similar to objectivists, just uh, one thing it's this, and one thing is there's no systematic metaphysics, epistemology, ethics, aesthetics. That's what uh, objectivism provides, and that's what this book is. And another thing that this book is, so today I was going through my notes on the book to see, okay, what's the value I really got out of it? What I realized is most of my notes are not notes about philosophy on the margins. They're notes about my life. So in a way this has been a, i don't want to use the term self-help because it's a bit cringy within some particular context but it has been self-help let me give some examples so at some point he talks about he has to he talks about purpose and he says he has to assume the discipline of purpose and of a long race course selecting a goal and then pursuing it across time in the face of obstacles and or distractions and where, when I was reading, I was thinking, okay, why am I reading this with attention? And why am I not in YouTube watching cat videos? It's like, have you got, because what I noticed is here's, here's the context. Some years ago, I was reading this to give some uh, seminars on beginners of objectivism in Greece, not as an authority, as a facilitator. And I found so much purpose in this. And I realized time flies and I'm not procrastinating so i was thinking why am i procrastinating when i do university job but when i read this i'm not procrastinating and by reading this says because you have found because it's a purpose and when you select a purpose you don't want to go sideways ah it makes sense or someone else he talks about uh, 
he talks about the issue of objectivity and he says he says the same thing he says conceptualization is not an automatic reaction to stimuli it's not a passive gazing so you read this and say oh okay so when i read this i have to be there i have to be careful i not just read and this so basically while you read this book the book itself gives you kind of guidelines on how to proceed with the book and on the things that the book is mentioning and one last example that i want to that i want to that i want to give here he talks about objectivity again and he has this example if a man tells you i disagree with your ideas i object to your actions i disapprove of your associates but we're still friends because i'm criticizing for your own good and i like you just the same a claim to speak of that is all too common especially among relatives you would immediately reply if you reject everything important about me how can you like me for what attributes what meaning does quote friendship have once it is detached from the concept of values and what i put on the side is okay then why am i still friends with x person so in a way the book while you read it keeps telling you this is about life this is not yes. abstract theory in the clouds this is not philosophy for the classroom this is about your life and as you're reading it you get this constant feedback that pay attention because this matters this is your life this is not we're doing serious business here we're not doing uh, how it's called the uh, ivory tower stuff totally because i mean just the same way that miss rand's fiction you read her fiction and then you're always thinking oh this one reminds me of this character this one reminds me of this character you're reading this and at the same time you're introspecting thinking you know god about the choices i've made in my life or how i've accepted premises along the way so um yeah this is a really active book it's an exciting book and it's one we want our our listeners and subscribers and viewers from all around the world you know it's they nikos who as they say keep us in business sammy is bored again thank you for your super chat jeff bannister thank you for your super chat uh you know all of you are supporting us as they say keeping the light on keeping the lights on and helping to turn other people on to this exact work um you know nikos right here on this our own channel here at the Rand center uk there's a tremendous scholar by the name of don watkins many of our our listeners and viewers know you know don has done an entire commentary series on opar he goes through each part of it that's available for free. Now that's not a production of the Institute of, of the center, excuse me, but Don is here to answer your questions, to be involved with that. And even Dr. Peacock himself, I mean, this frustrated me. I mean, he's got Nikos online. There is a presentation of OPAR, uh, uh, Ayn Rand Institute has it. I mean, look at this, the sense perception uh, presentation is 638 views from Dr. Peacock. So take advantage of all these resources. Don't just spout off about, oh, I think this is what Rand would say. This is the listen to what Rand, listen to what Dr. Peacock has said about objectivism, become a student and, and learn along with us to better your life. Exactly. It's in from all the things you said, the one that stuck to me more, you said something like active, that the book is active. So in two ways, you have to be active while reading it. Don't read it passively, be active, like keep notes right on the side. But also in a way, the book itself is active. The book is kind of nudging you in terms of where you should, where you should go. So and beyond all that stuff peacock is a great agita agitator orator how it's called like his language is very so at the same time specific but also so you're not gonna get you're not gonna get bored there's humor there so overall that's why 
I think it's worthwhile rereading it or reading it for the first time and not doing the mistakes that I've done while I read it the first time, which was basically it passed like that. But even if you do it like that, the book itself is going to nudge you to get the right uh, get the right approach. So that's that's let's say our not motivation, but how to put it. That's why we found value in our own lives in reading the book, and we think that you'll also get value in your life uh, if you read it. Also, of course, for the members of Iron Center UK, we have the Saturday sessions with James Valiant on. Uh, the, the, we do anal we go through the peak of courses, the ones that are online on uh, Iron Campus, and week by week we discuss them based on questions. And again, we try to see. A, what does this mean about the what do we learn about the world? Most importantly, how can we use this for our lives? How can you how can we be selfish, properly selfish with the information? Because that's the point of philosophy. Philosophy is how can I make my life better, not how can I deal with abstract terms that are useless in my own life. Yeah, I mean, because that's in fact one of the lines from for your comment about selfishness, each individual must choose his values and actions by the standard of man's life in order to achieve the purpose of maintaining and enjoying his own life. Objectivism advocates egoism, the pursuit of self-interest, the policy of selfishness. So, you know, it's all in there. I'll quickly share, we just have a minute left. Uh, I have the, I've had the pleasure, the honor really, of meeting Dr. Peikoff twice. One was a much more intimate one-on-one -on -one at the Ayn Rand Institute. I was there doing research for my book, A New Textbook of Americanism, and Dr. Peikoff strolls in and I'm like, my, my breath was taken away, really. I mean, it was, you know, all I could think to say was thank you, thank you. And I just, you know, one of our super chatters, or I guess he hasn't tossed the super chat, but uh, Pablo, uh, or no, Fab, thank you. Fab says, none of this would be here without Dr. Peikoff. And he's exactly right. So thank you for that contribution. Thank you for God, for your contribution. Nikos, he's giving you a shout out with some Norwegian Kroner. Thank you, Nikos, for advising on reading OIST, nonfiction without losing focus. Kathleen, uh, giving us a, a great bit of encouragement. So that all helps, uh, gives us the spiritual, a little financial ammunition. So as they say, keep the lights on and be radical. The leftists aren't radical. The so-called rightists aren't radical. We are the radicals who understand living life to the fullest on earth. So thanks for being part of what we do and being part of the community. Indeed, people. And again, when Yaron's tribute to Opar from this year, Ocon, becomes available, go watch it. It's, uh, I think it's one of Yaron's top public speaking performances because he's so into it, he's so excited, but also it's in terms of content, is a great talk. Okay, so again, today, specifically for today, we started early, we finished early because there's Ocon uh, content going on. Tomorrow, back on our normal time on the daily objective with a big name as a guest, we're going to, to discuss uh, some, uh, yeah. Okay, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Sammy, for your multiple contributions. Just fueling us with fuel for the next show and the next presentation. So big props and big thanks to you guys. Indeed. And so tomorrow back in our normal time and next week we're back with our normal souls that this week we didn't have because of Ocon. We're back with Harry Binswanger, who just gave a great talk on, uh, on regulations. We're back with Yaron Brook and we're back with the usual schedule. From me and from Jonathan, thank you so much. Jonathan, parting words. 
Buy my book. Price okay, is one question. Why is your book black on white and mine is mostly white and black? Well, Nikos, um, a great man once said that it doesn't matter if it's black or white. Um, the black one is the hardcover exclusive limited edition at Blurb. Your copy is the Amazon copy available at Amazon.com. And speaking about right reading deeply, I don't keep notes here because I have a Word document where I keep notes, particularly on what I read, and I read it slowly and taking and absorbing information. So I told you people, I think last week, that maybe this week we're going to have an episode on Jonathan Book's Prizes Primary. It takes me longer to read because I read it meticulously. So this episode is going to come later in the month. Till then, go and buy this book. It's uh, Again, few people could connect the dots to write a philosophical book on investing. Jonathan did this. Okay. Thank you so much, Nikos. See you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Au revoir. And no clubhouse today. <laughs>